Hey guys, it's Andrea, and welcome to the new season of Trekkie and Beyond. We are now exploring some strange new worlds. Are you excited? Because we are. So stick around and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Anika. And I'm Andrea, and welcome to episode seven of season one of Strange New Worlds, The Serene Squall, which episode should really be called Worry About Who You Trust. Because on this dangerous humanitarian mission, the crew of the USS Enterprise stumble upon a harrowing game of leverage versus the Quadrant's most deadliest space pirates. And it's all about trust. This episode is literally about trust. It should be called Who Do You Trust or Trust be careful who you trust or something with trust because we have to trust our people in this episode initial reactions what did you think <laughs> well i really like this episode i mean what could possibly go wrong there's space private sorry space pirates a work crush prisoner swap oh my is everything <laughs> holding together as one <laughs> and a certain character reminded me of harry Harry Mudd. So let's talk about it. <laughs> um, this episode, I liked it. I really thought this episode was really cute. Um, again, the one thing with Strange New Worlds that I still, even though I love it, I'm not used to it. The whole ep- episodic, and I'm just like, okay, I don't, I like literally, this episode could be about anything. I have no idea where they're going to go in this episode. Um, but I I enjoyed it. Um I'm going to hope there is no work crush because I'm still team you know who and you know who and we'll get to that point when we get to it. Um, but I am, I, I love that this was a Spock-centered-ish episode in a sense that he's learning more about himself while we're learning more about himself at the same time. Um, so let's go ahead into the deep dive of this episode. Basically, this episode is all about the USS Enterprise is basically trying to save a colony of ships um, because they're being told these colonists are about to be enslaved and they're rushing there to save them. And it's basically a trap full of pirates. And somehow Supreme is thrown into this and Spock is learning to trust and Nurse Chapel is, is aiding. She better not be the work crush. And there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot going on in this episode. Um, but we also used to see that the Vulcans in their, um, in their superiority of like their Vulcans, this is not a jail, the prisoners and their rehabilitation center are painting out. It is a beautiful backdrop. It is a very beautiful ba- backdrop, but it's very interesting that the, um, prisoners are painting. And then we see that to bring takes a phone call with Spock and then right in front of the prisoners and says, I've been reading books on human sex. What? She steps <laughs> away. She steps away because she's interrupted and she goes off to another place for their Zoom call. <laughs> but it was still like, it wasn't in a closed office. She was still outside and like, if they, if anyone was like, "Ooh, what's she talking about?" They could have overheard her. They could have overheard her. <laughs> and it's really interesting because we see Spock like stutter. It's like, wait, what? what? I haven't read that book. What are you talking about? No, I haven't read that book either. He's like, well, how about we just read them together? And it's uh very interesting because we see that Tapring is trying. 
to understand the human side of Spock and she, um, which is sort of like a growth for them because Spock was so afraid that she wouldn't want him because he was part human. And we see that she's taking it, she's taking the initiative to learn more about the human sexuality and then let Spock know. But also show that Spock is like, oh, she's moving way faster than I am because I'm not ready for this. But we've also seen, they've had very intimate moments. So it's a very interesting um situation like it made it he almost made it feel like they haven't done more than kissing but we've seen them in bed together naked so right what's going on Spock right I think I, I think it's tough for him to talk about the intimacy that's true which is sometimes different than actually partaking <laughs> There's a level of vulnerability there when you're talking about that. And he's also still coming to terms with his human side, let alone there might be additional urges and, and feelings. And that's what she wanted to explore with him, like <laughs> feelings and these, because she's realized that the human sexuality is a lot different than Vulcan sexuality. And he hasn't studied up. And he, also keep in mind, he's also a scientist. So he's used to research, and I think he wanted time to read up on this, get some cliff notes, so that he's prepared for this this inquiry, this test. <laughs> and he feels not qualified at all to talk about this right now. <laughs> and it's very interesting because the first person he goes to go speak to is Nurse Chapel, and he's like, I... Which is also sort of interesting because he's not going, I feel like he and Pike have that relationship or could have that relationship where he could talk to Pike about stuff. Because, you know, Pike is such a down-to-earth captain. I feel like if Spock had went to him, not talked to him about sex, but talked to him about, hey, I'm just feeling unsure about something. Like, if it was like a normal instant talking to Pike, no. But like, since it was Spock, I feel like he could have like, Pike could have been, all right, captain hat off guy friend hat on what do you need to talk about yeah there's a rule there's a rule that Spock doesn't understand that you don't go to a girl talking about your problems sort yeah. of see I don't think that Pike would have been a good choice because Pike has blocked their intimate moments a few times before <laughs> so whether it was right after they were engaged and Spock went to the call like answered the call without a shirt on and to bring in the back in the background like half dressed and then later on right after their um their mental swap so i think maybe leaving pike out of this not maybe definitely i think leaving pike out of this was a good idea purpose though. yeah i think they need a version of hugh like someone on a ship to talk to to confide in <laughs> like dr hugh colbert to talk to because there's no one else i think can think of to confide in maybe like uh, i don't know dr manga or batanga or like ortez but we haven't met anyone a male person for him to confide in yet that I like I get okay I understand where you're coming from about, about about Pike but I have to disagree because it wasn't as if he stopped them because he doesn't want them to be together he interrupted not realizing well especially when he called he didn't realize he was interrupting him um and then the second time it was like he was between a rock and a hard place it was like I'm sorry but like I feel like 
Spock needs to talk to a guy about gotten like about the human sexuality because it is always different from a female point of view than it is for a male point of view for a male I would assume because I'm not a male but um I feel like Pike would have been a great bro in that moment of saying well okay well you do you need to talk to her you need to figure out what is it is that you like um because again Pike also could have sort of taken out the emotion part of it because Spock still isn't there yet or he could have figured out how to help him branch it because just because he sort of cock blocked before it wasn't intentional they were never intentional as in like he's against it so that's why I'm saying like I think Pike would be a good one because he's not against Spock finding love it was just like at that moment work sort of came first (laughs) right right ultimately I mean Pike's his boss right and then (laughs) second of all Spock kind of got in trouble because um, Dupring, when Spock answered the call and Pike asked, well, were you in the middle of anything? And Spock said, oh, no. And I remember Dupring was highly upset that he answered on her behalf and didn't talk to her about about this choice to have this conversation. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe there's Hemmer. Um, but there's just, I can't think of another guy to talk to, but he can also reach out through video call to anyone else, to his father, to anyone no. else to talk to. No, no. <laughs> I no. know, I was kidding about no. Sarah. We're not talking. <laughs> you learn more about there's Sarah. There's you don't talk about with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how evolved <laughs> your culture is. Sarah's the man. We learn about that later. <laughs> That man needs to stop, okay? <laughs> he is a father to everyone but Spock. We need to stop. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I feel like Pike could still be a good choice if, if he like if Spock went to him outside of work hours. Right. Like if in the middle of work hours, definitely no. You cannot have this conversation with Pike at all. I yeah, I think Pike would be a good choice for him. Yeah, because that would have made him laugh and relax, made him relax a bit more. But after all he's gone through with Nurse Chapel, why go back to her? Yes. <laughs> and like, I am team to Pring, okay? Because maybe it's just this version of her I like so much more. Um, but I am team her. I am team her and Spock. I am team them getting married. And I don't care if this changes the original series. I am team them working it out. <laughs> So I that's why I sort of want him to go to Pike because while Nurse Chapel makes it a point to say, um, I know where I stand with you. And that's one of the reasons why I I like being around Vulcans because they're honest. She is forgetting he's half human. And so while a full Vulcan, 100% Vulcan may not cross a line, he's not full Vulc- Vulcan. So he can cross that line. He may logically understand he shouldn't, but he has that human side that can. And that's why I was like, there's a line that I know can't be crossed because we know how she feels about him. Regardless of the fact that she's trying to be a good friend and keep it. It's like, when you know you like someone, you should not give them a relationship advice with someone else because you're secretly, like, no matter how open-minded you say you are, you're secretly hoping to be with that person, you know? Okay. But also remember that she has commitment issues. She has a commitment phobia. So I'm thinking that maybe she likes Spock because he's not available, really. And this is an interesting (laughs) point. I think that 
if he became available, I'm not quite sure that she would be as into him. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. No, no, no. It's not if he became available, if he was into her, I don't think she'd be into him. Because even if he was, if he was available and still not into her, she would still like him. Because you're right, she does have commitment issues. But the thing is, that still doesn't stop her from, who's better to not commit to you than someone who's committed to someone else? Who's better to make sure nothing ever gets too serious between you two? Because he's engaged to someone else. Because he's so honorable that he won't. Like, there are women out there who just specifically go for married men. Like, not saying they're shackled with that person. But don't put yourself in that position to make things awkward. But we're going to move on because we can talk about this topic all day. (laughs) And there's so much more to this episode. So in this episode, we meet also a doctor, counselor, Dr. Aspen. And she has sort of enlightened Spock all throughout this episode, um, talking, um, she's the reason why the enterprise is going on the humanitarian mission. Them um, they. Go ahead. Them they. Oh, really? Yeah, she's non-binary. Them they are non-binary. I did not, I guess I missed that part of the episode. Okay, I apologize. Uh, Dr. Aspen is uh, the counselor Really, the change. I did not prep for this, so I gotta pre- I gotta change my mind real quick. <laughs> um, they are the reason why the Enterprise is on the way to save the con the uh, colonists um, from being enslaved, and so they have to go through. They have to go into the Enterprise into non Federation space, um, and what it always sort of like made me wonder. Is there like a secret line out there? I, mean, I know the computers know, okay, you're about to go into non-federation space, but it's like, really? It's just, oh, look, empty space. Oh, more empty space. Oh, but we're staying on this side. You can't, like, don't cross over there. <laughs> it's like, if you're so close to the edge, why is there no one, like, guarding the edge? You know? I feel like it should be like a border. Maybe because we live on, we live on a planet where there's like full borders and we know when we're crossing over. I'm, I was expecting to see a sign that says you are now entering non-federation space. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that would be really hard to do with space to have <laughs> so many border checkpoints. But also I think at a certain point in time, they leave territory where there's um, treaties. And I think that also had occurred in the last, episode with the first servant they were right at they were over the border of this wherever were they were no longer in a zone that was part of the federation and i have to say wild wild west i have to say starfleet needs to change their rules because if your rule is say you receive a distress signal you have to answer it no matter what if that distress signal is over federation space there needs to be some rules set up for them Right. Because if you know you have to go outside of Federation space, it needs to be, you need to be able to get a message to Starfleet faster than two days. Because how, how, how else are you going to get help? You're risking a whole crew for two days? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's sort of a Starfleet flaw or like loophole they need to look into. Because Yes, you want to help everyone you can, but not at the expense of everyone on your ship. Because the moment someone's like, oh, yeah, we need to go out of Federation space to save this colonist from becoming slaves. Okay, well, 
There's no communication buoys out here. Um, we have to launch our own. Even then, it's still going to take days for it to get to hit or to get to the closest ship. That doesn't seem suspicious. That maybe you should wait for like another ship to come and stay inside Federation space, so that way, like you can contact them if right. something happens. Like, and that was and Spock was warning Pike about that. I could tell in Spock's eyes that he was deeply concerned. But once again, I think Pike was moving full speed ahead because he received some, some compliments over dinner um, with Dr. Aspen uh, about being a Boy Scout and a good trooper. And then also, he doesn't think he's going to die. So he's willing to take challenge, take risks, a lot of risks. Mm -hmm. And you need to stop doing that, Pike. Yes. <laughs> because also... The enemy could have just could destroy those beacons. Mm -hmm. And then they're out on their own, like they end up being. <laughs> so we get that um they get to the spot where the ships are supposed to be, and it is a trap. Like how obvious it is, and the way a mission happens, and while as soon as people beam down. As soon as the way mission group group beams down, a whole group beams aboard the Enterprise, and now it's like a wild wild west, right on the ship and down on the on the planet or wherever they beam to, and it's um, it's like it's just it just seemed too easy, and I just want to know why did no one check Doctor Aspen's credentials? How like it like. I would assume there's a photo of the person somewhere because I don't know. I feel like in this day and age, it should not be this easy to fall victim to identity theft. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> yes, because Dr. Ashman also gained access to the bridge, uh, a lot of other key personnel. She had, they had dinner with the captain. Like there's uh, conversations with Spock and trying to give and trying to counsel Spock. Um, They're taking mm. a lot of risks. Manipulate Spock. Yes. Oh. My poor little Spocky. Yes, Doctor Aspen also manipulated Pike, Spock, um, Yuna, everyone. Everyone they came into contact with. And it's a little disconcerting how easily. Laon, look here, girl. I have not liked you most of the season because you are a stickler for the rules. You never trusted anyone. And you always second guess every decision. Where were you this episode? <laughs> Where was that distrust? Where was that distrust and worry about this person? Right. Well, Leon and, and number one did not want to beam over to the squall to, um, but Pike insisted. Um, that's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> no, I meant about Dr. Aspen. Like, did no one, yeah. like... <sighs> right, like, but they could have also have helped to, I don't know, to, um, to stop the several sequences and stuff to get to that point. Um, Dr. Aspen was also kind of telling them how to maneuver around that, that web 
mm-hmm. so that they could fire and she was and they were encouraging Spot to trust um his gut and a whole lot of other sketchy stuff there, but no one made the connection. Oh, trust. Yeah, I give it away too freely, people. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the kiss that destroyed my life. And <laughs> so don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back to Trek and Beyond. Part two. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so this part of the episode is all about secrets and lies and how you should know who you're going to trust because worry about who you trust because you can't trust everyone because just because they say you're a friend doesn't mean they're your friend because as we learn dr aspen ain't anything because they are not your friend so as enterprise is under attack and we see the bridge crew is fighting back and i see ortega my girl trying to shoot and then all the whole bridge crew gets taken like oh y'all just weren't nothing y'all just didn't such a great time protecting your bridge awesome um but we see that nurse chapel um is able to get down to engineering was engineering um and then we see that uh spock is able to make it there as well um with dr aspen and spock unlock unlocks the bridge that we see that number one had locked down and they're trying to like send out an sos and then everything goes back to the bridge after they pulled everything from the bridge. And then we see that Dr. Aspen has has pulled a gun uh, or the phaser on Spock. And now it's no longer Dr. Aspen. Hair flip. It is <laughs> Captain Angel. <laughs> because they changed personas, technically. Um, and we find out that this was all a trap. Even though I could sort of tell throughout the episode it was a trap. Because I was like, I don't know if I like that person. I don't know if I like Dr. Aspen. Because I don't like that 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 they are too helpful if that's if that makes sense uh they were very helpful in trying to figure out what was going wrong and very helpful and like you said getting them through the little maze of like like they were just too prepared for everything that went wrong um so they, they were also too involved in spot's personal life for me, asking about Spock's, Spock's upbringing and if he had passed through a certain ceremony and his connection with Supreme and his love life. It was just a little too prying. Um, I didn't like that part. And now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Again. Um, and so we see that um, Captain Angel calls to Pring and basically says, hey, look, girl, we got your boo thing, okay? And we want you to release this prisoner um, or we're going to kill your boo thing. And Spock's like, don't do it to Pring. Don't do it. And Captain Angel shoots him in the back like the little wimp they are. Because how are you going to shoot someone in the back? That's just rude. But then they are, they, I will say this, I'll give them this. They were really smart in the fact that they put Tupring in a very, between a rock and a hard place. Yes. Because Vulcan Honor, which is sort of stupid, but whatever, she, Tupring would have been in trouble if she had let Spock die 
by not releasing the prisoner. Which, in what world does that make sense? Because, like, her job was to keep these people in the rehabilitation center. So, what? either way, she would have lost face if she had let Spock die by doing her job or didn't do her job by saving Spock. It just seemed that there could have been a way where Vulcans would have been like, oh, we understand. Logic dictated you had a no-win scenario. So, you you protected your job. What did you think about the fact that she was sort of stuck there? I didn't like that, but then I was thinking, why didn't Prane just call the Federation? Like, call for reinforcements to help solve this? Because you're also going to the outer, outside of the Federation borders. So, to Prane, you're going to need help. So, bring some, bring some backup with you, girl. <laughs> You know that there's not logical people out there. You're in charge of this rehabilitation center, this detention center. You know there's bad guys. Try to <laughs> save your family's name and honor. Save also all the prisoners in the detention center so you're not releasing a prisoner. And bring some, bring some weapons with you. Just come on. Use your resources. Because to praying, honey, this leads to a dangerous pre precedent that they can anyone could take Spock, or not even for not even just for to praying, anyone who works at the rehabilitation center, you take the love of their life or their person they they have duty to, and you can get someone released. Like that doesn't like that is a loophole within their culture that they need to close. They need to close that loophole of honor. And I understand it's very important to them, but like, hey, if you have a job where you can't just throw it away for your honor, people are not gonna judge you if you have if you're like if you have to make a choice like that, you know? Right. right. Um, she should have just called Sarek. Just call Spock's back. We know Sarek loves Michael Moore. Like <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, yes, she should have called Amanda because Amanda would have been like, I'm hurting. Let's go. Let's go. Bring back my baby. <laughs> I can see Amanda like, look, honey, let's square up. I'm from Brooklyn. Let's do this. <laughs> Amanda is like, you don't touch my son. I will wreck all of you. So yes, Tapring should have called Amanda and be like, yo, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. This crazy person has your son, the love of my life, but I can't do anything about it. You've already proven that you'll break the law for him before. Yeah. Break the law for him now. <laughs> <laughs> but we see that Spock, um, he apologizes to the chat before he does it. He's like, just follow my lead. He's an awful liar, by the way. Spock just cannot lie. It's so sad. It's so adorable. It's but, he <laughs> <laughs> but he goes into a sort of like, Tapring, I've lied to you. I'm in love with someone else. I've been cheating on you. And I'm going to be honest, everyone can tell that's not really happening until like Nurse Chapel kisses him. I will say this. I'm not mad at the kiss because I know why it happened and I knew it was to basically fool everyone, even though it didn't really fool anyone, but 
it was enough for Supreme to be able to break their bond. And I get, like, I'm not mad at the kiss. I'm mad that it wasn't me. But uh, <laughs> I will say this, though. I saw a little too much passion in that kiss. Yes. I saw a little too much passion in that kiss. And I cannot tell who I saw more passion from, him or her. Yes, I'm also surprised that Captain Angel allowed that to happen and linger. That was a pretty long kiss. I think they were just sort of shocked that, like, I don't think they were expecting it. Yeah, use the phaser again. (laughs) 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 Um, But then, like, T'Pring is like, okay, we're going to go ahead and sep- we're going to break our bond and then they go ahead and break their bond. That's when I would have cut off the video. I wouldn't have let them finish like, cause as long as they didn't say the words to each other, the bond wasn't, the bond was still there regardless of how they felt. Um, but then we see that in the whole separate side story of this episode that I haven't touched yet because it's just hilarious. I want to talk about, talk about it all at once. We see Captain Pike and the away crew sort of arise. And so this whole story is crazy because while they're on their away mission and they are on the um the serene squall, um they get fed some food that tastes awful, that um it, it looked disgusting. Pike ends up cooking for them. Pike ends up cooking for the pirates, cooking them good food, and he's like, We're gonna start a mutiny. What? <laughs> <laughs> So another set of lies and mistrust in <laughs> But I was also thinking that Pike just put them asleep. Like, I don't know, put them, like, mix up a concoction. <laughs> that just shows how, like, cra- charismatic he is. Because, like, he was there for a couple hours and turns everyone against the fake captain. But this is before we knew the Captain Angel, who Captain Angel really was. Um, and he is able to commandeer their ship, their bridge, and like come and like attack the Enterprise so, so so much to say. And it's like, hey, get out my chair. That was a that was a bold line. He's like, get out of my chair. <laughs> um, but we see that they were premature in grabbing the bridge because the mutiny was still going on. Um, I will say it's I liked the scenes with Captain Pike and the away mission just because we got to see him be able to put on the charm to the bad guys. Because normally we see him put the charm on as he's negotiating, like peace and stuff. Um, it was nice to see him sort of like have fun. You knew he was having fun in what he was doing and the little strings that he was pulling with these people. Like it was work. So, okay, I got to save my crew's life. But at the same time, you knew this guy was having so much fun in what he was doing. Yes, and you could tell that he has tried this before with number one, and they were successful in the past, and they were just using the same trick, and evidently it, it works time and time again. Um, but they were pretty close to being sold to the Klingons, so I'm glad they were able to work this out. Which, I have a question, because aren't the Klingons friends of the, or at least not enemies, off of Discovery? It seemed like they weren't, is like Laurel... But is that does that not matter anymore? So they're still not part of the Federation. Oh yeah, no, no, I know that. But like, are they enemies? 
of the Federation because they they fought together. So I'm like, I know it's like we're not friends, but we're not enemies. So like, well, yeah, and Monroe well, tried to use, and she was actually successful at using political asylum to leave. And so, and she also felt threatened with the with the Klingons. Um, we also tried to blow up their, not we, the uh, Federation tried to blow up their planet, um, uh, Giorgio, uh, prime Giorgio, <laughs> tried to blow up Quiznos. Kronos. So. <laughs> yeah, so maybe Kronos. So maybe they're just still not on really good terms. And But like at the end of episode, at the end of season two, when, was it season two? Yes, with the like artificial intelligence the big final fight, the Klingons came. Cause like, what's his face who slept with Laurel, who was tortured by her, he went and got her and like the flagship came and destroyed. Like they were, they fought together at the very end. So I don't know, maybe I just assumed they were like no longer enemies. Like they were no longer like, but maybe like at the same time, they're also outside of Federation space. So maybe the people don't know that the Klingons, while they're not in the Federation, and they probably will never be in the Federation, except for those few people who are. Um, but they are not like, we're going to buy Federation people as slaves. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought like, I thought they were like on a, don't like, don't agitate each other ground. Like we're not friends, but we're not going to, you do you, we do us, we're just not going to cross paths anymore. Right. Paths like you said, in the, you know, once you're outside of that space in Wild Wild West, anything goes and you lose all identity when you're a slave. So who, they don't care where you're from. You're just a worker without any rights. all around, like, look, honey, we need to have some words because I didn't go through this whole somewhat semi-accepting you for your people to still buy Starfleet people as slaves. Right, this is when you need Section 31. Because isn't Homeboy in charge of it? So <laughs> it's a whole thing. There's questions, people, and we need answers. Uh, <laughs> but after everything is over, we see that Captain Angel was able to escape. Um, we see that Supreme comes... Oh, go ahead. So she had a personal transporter the whole time, the necklace. They. Sorry? They. They had they had the personal <laughs> transporter the whole time, and they asked Fox to put it on. She left. They left their crew on the bridge and just uh, left on another vessel like a shuttle. Yes, that was they a did not slick care. move right there. Like peace, I'm out. So I think care. they will return at some point in time. Oh yes. They have to get their man and she, and they look like a fighter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so then we also see T'Pring comes to Spock's quarters and I know Spock is worried. He's worried because I know, I know he, he cares about T'Pring, which is why I'm still team T'Pring and Spock. Really, I'm just team to prank because that chick is bad. Um, and they take part in the rebound, re um, bonding ritual and they kiss. And this is where my issue lies 
with Spock right now because the kiss that he well one I will say this I'm very happy that Dupring was smart enough to understand it was all a ruse she was like duh it was very obvious what you were doing I just like I knew what you were doing I assumed it had something to do with make sure you were protecting me like she's like it was almost like I know how I know my worth you ain't gonna leave this like <laughs> like I knew what you were doing but like their kiss did not give me the same heat of his kiss with Nurse Chapel. And I don't like that because I don't think I'm going to get my Team to Pring t-shirt anymore. Like, it just was like, Spock, what are you doing? Kiss her like you want her. Because you kiss Chapel like that. Or maybe it was all Chapel. I don't know. I need y'all to kiss more. Like, and mean it. But we see that Spock goes to apologize to Nurse Chapel, and Nurse Chapel sort of like let, lets him know again that I understand you're an honorable person. One thing I know about Vulcans is you'll never like I know you don't want me, so we're good in being friends. And you see in Spock's eyes that he doesn't really agree with her. That he does, I think he does have feelings for her, but not as and it sort of worries him and scares him. And then we learn that the prisoner that Captain Angel is trying to uh, free definitely shows that Sarek was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. Because <laughs> apparently it's Spock's half-brother, Cybok. By another, yep. Brother by another mother. And I love how Nurse Chapel's like, wait, wait, wait. Isn't Sarek your father? And <laughs> Spock's like, yes. Cybok is my half-brother. I was told to stay away from him because even though he's Vulcan, he has, uh, he's walked away from all logic. And he's using a different name, if I understand correctly, and that's why Tepring did not know, and it's a secret, so ooh, family secrets and drama. I like it. Who can you trust? (laughs) This episode's all about trust, and Spock you better not ruin Pring's trust in you. Do not leave my girl. I am team Pring. Please don't break my heart. <laughs> but now that Spock knows this, is he going to keep this a secret from Pring? Is he going to share this information with her? Will she be upset if he doesn't share? Plot thickens. So it also makes me wonder, is this like a known secret? Like, does she know that he has a half-brother and just doesn't realize the prisoner is him? Because the way he said it, I he didn't say it as if it was some huge secret. It seemed like it was something, because he said it so easily, like to Nurse Chapel. Like, yeah, you know, Ambassador Serac had a child out of wedlock. And, you know, having a child out of wedlock, quote unquote, could be like a known secret. Like, you know it, you just don't talk about it. So, like, I wonder, do do people know that Serac has another child and they just don't talk about it? And maybe T'Pring doesn't realize that's him, but knows that Spock has a half-brother. What do you think? 
I don't think she knows at all. I think this is a family secret because I don't know. I think there would have been some other information I was given as soon as the prisoner swap was announced. Um, hmm. I say unless she doesn't know the name because he was going by a different name. Right. I don't so, think she knows the blood relationship. Oh yeah, I don't think she knows that prisoner is Spock's brother. Yeah. I was saying in general, does she know, do you think she knows in general that there is a half-brother out there? No, I think this is one of those secrets like Michael end up being a secret. I think there's a, <laughs> I think there's two siblings that are secrets there. <laughs> but we know, but they know about Michael. They just don't talk about Michael no more. No, I don't think he's even allowed to share any information. Oh, okay. Well, no, 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 no. So you can't take people's memories of her. So like people know she existed. They just yeah. don't talk about her. So yeah. that's, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm like if Dupree and Spock were like dating, you know, her mom was probably like, you know, that they're the ones who raised that human child that we don't talk about no more. Like how like, you know, black families, their secrets you don't talk about, but it's like, oh, you be careful because they have that family. They have that thing you can't talk about. Right. Um, so like right. I feel like, yeah, people like you can't take your like she she applied to colleges like people in Vulcan know she existed. They just also know they can't talk about her anymore. Right. You're absolutely right because also to Pring and Spock were promised to each other when they were very young, so yeah. like around eight seven. So I think that they should know this information. Um, I. <laughs> I think this puts Amanda in an awkward position too. Well, I think um, he's older though, right? Like as long as he's older than Spock, like before their marriage older, I'm gonna give Sarek a pass. If he's not older than their marriage, we got some issues. And we're gonna because you already proved you're a crap father sometimes, do you? <laughs> like, don't be a crap husband. <laughs> like, I need you to be good at something maybe just good at being an ambassador right he was traveling a lot traveling as an ambassador and there were several times in discovery we were wondering where he was when amanda was out helping to save spock and who knows what else Derek was up to at that time and i have no more kids out there i will cut you honey <laughs> But even though Nurse Chapel stated that she doesn't have feelings, that she knows where she stands with him, I think it's hard to turn that off, for, oh, yeah. for her to turn this off. So I think that this work crush will linger. I don't think that she, she might do anything to, I don't know, to hurt their relationship, but I she could daydream about him and and <laughs> things touch him casually if there's like an exam or something like that. Pass yourself. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. And I hope I hope that their relationship works. I know what happens in the original series. I hope that doesn't happen. Because I like this Supreme and I want them to work out. So 
I don't know. Wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> I want to change. I want something new. What are your final thoughts of this episode? I really like Ortega's in this episode between the first date. Is this a first date or a third date? Blind date. <laughs> Kaboo. I thought she had some really good one-liners in there to lighten up the air. Uh, I would like to see an episode featuring her. I thought that was just really cool. It's, I, I like it when there's also other characters that are um, just have a spotlight. I miss, though, Ahura. I didn't see her at all um, in this episode. Not even when um, on the uh, Serene's Wall, she wasn't in that containment area. So um, I hope she's still on the ship. <laughs> I hope she's okay. I missed her there. And um, I miss Hemmer. I didn't see him from engineering around. I was hoping he was going to be there in the background when um, Bach at um, Spock, Nurse Chapel, and um, Dr. Aspen were, were there. Um, I was hoping he could jump out and help save the day. Uh, so uh, it's a little weird when characters leave the, sh leave the episodes. So I, I hope they stay, especially these main characters stay on board. I'm really starting to get connected to them. And um, yeah, yeah. Because also there's a lot of secrets that need to come out. Um, Maybe, you know, she was on vacation. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really miss her this episode. I have to say that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about this at her yet. I'm very flip-floppy about how I feel about her. So I didn't really miss her this episode. Um, I definitely always need to see more of Ortega. Ortega love love her love her to death she's probably one of my favorite bridge group people um and i just want to see more of topring because that girl she my girl i'm team topring i'm team topring please don't prove me wrong although i do not like captain angel and being the pirate, the space pirate and everything. I thought the actress was really good. I would oh, yeah. love to see the character brought back again. Reminded me of like a another version of Harry Mudd. Yeah. Um, That's also, what we could be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, also did not get captured at the end of the episode, just like Harry Mudd. So uh will reappear. Um, but I'm glad the Federation didn't set them free. Like, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, let's bring back Captain Angel. Oh, yes. We'll definitely love to see them again. They were, and I feel like we will because it's not the end because we haven't really seen Cybot and he needs to come back. So we're definitely going to see them again. I just wonder when. So as always, thank you for stopping by and giving us a listen. We are very thankful to have all of our listeners because um, we've officially been doing this for a year. Snaps and claps. Yay. <laughs> but as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Monica. And live long, long and prosper.
Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trekkie and Beyond. If you enjoyed that episode, feel free to subscribe by pressing that small little follow button. And if you feel so inclined to support, well, that's even better. And as always, live long and prosper. Thank you.